Well, it's probably the case. So welcome to KLE Podcast, Steve. Good to have you with me again. And um, we are talking, building his church. So this has been an interesting conversation. I can see that our listeners are growing in our conversations and uh, etc. So welcome back to another episode. Bam. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have a little hesitancy in your voice this morning. I just <laughs> yes, I'm, it's like okay, you can say hello too sometime, anytime, now. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Hello, hello. <laughs> so, um, welcome to Top That Testimony, brought to you by Kopectate, Pepto Bismol, and Xlax for all those moving services. There you go. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> was was that <laughs> was that your invita in, 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 invita uh, inv advertising? Yes, that's what it was. Okay. <laughs> All right, Steve. You know what? I think it's good yes. to, for us to find out where are you, what are you doing, what are you about right now? Uh, I'm in Marshall, Texas, and uh, right now I just I'm working. Uh, full-time at my own company. Uh, I've got a couple different projects going on. Um, I do landscape design and construction, uh, specialized in water features. Um, I also have the only wood-fired steam stern paddle boat, stern wheeler, uh, apparently left in the world that I'm trying to renovate well, as well to put that back on tour. Yeah. So anyway, basically that's what I'm doing besides talking to Sean. Oh, cool. And so, um, how long, how long have you, have you lived in Marshall? Um, probably, probably a total of about 15 years altogether, I think. All right. Wow. Maybe a little longer. And how many children do you have, Steve? We have we have three children. Uh, actually, they're not children anymore. Of course, uh, they're. Uh, I've got one who's going to be forty in a year. Um, wow! Uh, and uh, uh, we have uh, uh, another one uh, that that has uh, two children. That she lives with her husband over in uh, Mississippi. Yeah. And um, she's thirty-four. And uh, I've got another one that's. That's uh, the youngest one is lives across the lake from us here in Marshall and she and her husband have a little baby girl. So uh, we, yeah. So anyway, um, basically that's, uh, we live here with two of our kids, but uh, the third one, of course, we have to travel to, to go see, which is kind of the norm in this culture and society. seems like that um, our kids just move all over the place and yeah. Um, but um, anyway, well, that's cool. That's about that's, it. Lots that's of my history. Lots of experience there under the belt, eh? Uh, is that what's under the belt? Doggone it! I can't <laughs> even see my belt anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's those cheeseburgers, man! I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh man! Hey, do you know what? I was I was studying something the other day, and it was along the lines, you know, I was trying to figure out what we were talking about this week, 
And I came across something. You've probably heard this before, but I hadn't. The Apostle Paul, his dad was one of the two thieves on the cross. I don't know which one it was, but his, his dad, his father, uh, was, one of the, was one of the two thieves on the cross with Jesus. No way. Did you know that? No. Yeah. Paul was... himself said, my old, yeah, Paul himself said, my old man was crucified with Christ. Oh, <laughs> oh man, no. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. <laughs> that yeah. is, that's got to be a grandpa joke, that one. Yeah, well, let's start. Let's start the recording over. <laughs> yeah, yeah we'll have to edit that. <laughs> oh my word! Oh no, man! Yeah, they should never have let you out. <laughs> out <Yeah. the> <laughs> uh, Steve, okay, so so you know, I thought today would be good just to to get to know you a little bit better and, and whoever's listening. So tell us your story. How, I mean, how, how and where and when did you, we, did you come and meet, come to meet Christ and, and experience a change in your life? I actually grew up in the church, um, uh, the church, I mean, whatever the church means. Um, but I grew up going to church, um, when I was a kid. Um, and then, like a lot of young people, kind of drifted, not drifted away, but you go off to college and you decide to press the boundaries as far as you can stretch them. Um, and uh, I was sitting on a beach one day in San Diego at our college, and um, uh, he just, I, Christ appeared to me. I don't know whether it was an angel or Christ himself, but anyway, he, he stood right beside me. And he said, are you going to follow me or not? And uh, I said, well, of course I'm going to follow you. And he zoomed out across. I mean, he, he just kind of went out across the waves. And uh, he was standing out there. And he says, um, are you still going to follow me? And I said, well, of course, uh, you know, I'll follow you. He said, well, then come on out. And I, I said, well, it's kind of stormy out there. And um, then he, he was standing beside me. Next thing I knew, and he, I could see all the lights all the way down to Mexico. And uh, he just said, uh, I want you to go tell people what I've told you. And I said, well, uh, I've got to study first, and I've got to pray a little bit more, and I've got, to, I've got to practice my guitar, you know, then I'll be ready. And he says, go tell them what I've told you. And I said, well, you know, I, I really have to work on my guitar. i got to study a little bit more. And he simply said, tell them what I tell you. And then he vanished and uh that kind of brought it back to the simplicity um that's in christ is is simply you don't have to tell them all that you know just tell them what i tell you yes um you know hear hear the word at my mouth like it says in ezekiel and speak to them of me and whether they will hear whether they will forbear uh just go ahead and tell them what i tell you and so it makes it a lot more simple than trying to know everything. Hmm. Um, uh, I was uh, pastoring a church uh, up in Fort Townsend, Washington. Uh, they have um, 
in that little tiny town of probably 20,000 people, they have 13 witches' covens at that time yeah. uh, that were advertising openly in the paper for new members and stuff like that. And so there was a lot of witchcraft, a lot of things going on. But during that time of my life, I found out that it didn't matter what sickness or disease came into the fellowship, no matter what, what you were dealing with, it was healed. The people were delivered. The captives were set free. The, the lame walked, the blind saw, uh, the deaf heard, uh, and the dead were raised. And uh, it was kind of an exciting time in our, in our growth. Uh, because you could you could see where their sin abounds, grace does much more abundantly abound. Yes, you could see the power or the kingdom, the kingdom struggle, you know, between the yes. kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. Yes, uh, and uh, everywhere where there was darkness, that that kingdom of light just uh, shone through, and the darkness was expelled. So, um, anyway, just just learning through that time to be a representative of the kingdom of light, the kingdom of the kingdom of God, uh, just to show his power, just to show his glory and his might, and just simply say, um, you know, here I am, the Lord has sent me, what do you need? And at that point, it, whatever they said, uh, they were set free, they were delivered, they were healed, they were whatever. And uh, so it's just been kind of a part of my walk um, for most of my life. So that was 30 years ago when I was there. Oh, right. Wow. So it kind of set a precedent yes. precedent for the rest of my life. Yes. So I'm an old, I'm an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> older guy. <clears throat> yeah, older guy. Yeah, <laughs> I guess older. Yeah, older. that's true. So, so besides, besides that experience of, of the vision um, with Jesus, um, what would you say is the, is the most, transformative experience or revelation that you've had in in your journey until now if if you could if you could like pick one that say that was like a remarkable you know that was a moment for me of of total total transformation or just into an, another place kind of thing would there be something like that yes i was um sitting on the beach again. Um, wow, it was kind of my office. A lot, brother. Yes, yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, actually, they're in Port Townsend, and the fellowship, the the uh, building where we met, was right across the right across a little alley from the the actual beach. Oh wow! Um, of the of the bay there, the Puget Sound. Yes. And so, uh, instead of sitting inside, a lot of times I would go sit out there on the on the rocks. Uh, just overlooking the beach and overlooking the bay and, and uh, just kind of talk with the Lord. And at that time, since there was so much activity and so much going on and people were getting healed and stuff, I said, I was really excited. I said, Lord, this is, this is really exciting. I mean, you know, uh, uh, it, all this stuff is happening. You know, it's like the book of Acts. Yeah. Uh, you know, if people are afraid, if people are afraid of it, I didn't, I told him, if you're afraid of people, uh, the, you know, devils getting cast out and people getting healed and, you know, watching the lamb walk and stuff like that, you don't have to come, just send your tithe. Uh, but anyway, uh, uh, at that point in time, I was sitting out there one day and he spoke to my heart and he says, you misrepresented me. You built your own and not mine. Now I'm going to teach you how to build 
mine. Yes. And I said, but the lame have walked, the blind have seen, the, the, I mean, uh, the dead are raised. Isn't this building? And he says, you built your own and not mine. You've built it for your glory. And I'm going to teach you now how to build for me. He said, my bride is like a little girl. She cannot conceive in the womb. Yeah. If she could conceive, she'd not be able to bear to term. Yeah. If she could bear to term, she'd not be able to bring forth. If she did bring it forth, she'd either abort it, abandon it, or adopt it out. Yeah. What I want you to do is take my little bride and mature her to where she can not only conceive, but bear to term and bring forth what she births and then nurture what comes forth. Yes. And uh, that was basically uh, 30 years ago. That was the commissioning I, I got. Right. Uh, sitting there on that, sitting there on that rock, and not realizing uh, that all I had been trained to do is to build this organizational structure uh, instead of building the kingdom of God. I I I knew how to build the church. I knew how to build. Um, I knew how to do the programs. I knew how to do all that sort of stuff. Uh, I'd go out and take guys with me whenever I prayed for people, and and uh, but. I didn't know how to build. I didn't know how to build the kingdom. I didn't know how to build his temple. I didn't know how to build his church. And, uh, I didn't, I didn't know that before that time. Yeah. So, well, didn't being we just, transformative? Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, it's, it's interesting because, you know, it seems like, what we do is we get taught a certain model and, and that just gets replicated right. over, and over again. It, it doesn't work, but yet we keep doing it, you know, and more and more we, we seem to lose the significance of what Jesus came bringing as the, as the uh, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, you know, and he said, go into all right. the world and preach. Really? He, he was saying, you know, this, this gospel, this good news of the kingdom is what will be preached throughout the whole right. world. Then I will return, you know. So it's like we've missed that. It seems to have gone into, into some back place because we just keep repeating the same model over and over again that, that is, is like the leadership model or the building model that we have. But right. we, we're not... Um, um, I think that scripture in Ezekiel where it says, show the house to the house, um, you know, that they, right. that they may be ashamed and, and repent and, uh, and build, you know, properly kind of thing. And, and if they be ashamed. Yeah. And, and you know, that, that's, we, we just haven't, we haven't seen the true house. We haven't seen the true blueprint of what the building is supposed to be. Right. Yeah, hero. Are you still there? I'm um, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, uh, this is just a couple months. A couple months. <laughs> it's just a couple months ago. This happened to me. I I've worked with several different people uh, in different states and stuff like that. And so I go meet with these little small pockets of people periodically. Um, and I, I was just talking to the Lord about it, and I said, you know, it'd be, it'd be really exciting to get all these little groups together maybe once a quarter um, and just uh, have this big blowout of praise and worship and prayer and whatever and just see, you know, just see what you do, give us direction and purpose and everything else. And 
you know, it'd be kind of fun to get all these little groups together. And it was like I heard this big sigh. And he says, if you would stop doing my job and let me do it, I will build my church. He said, the problem is you keep trying to build my church and I never told you to do that. Yeah. I never told anybody to do that. I told you to equip the saints and I told you to make disciples. I told you basically to build my temple. Yeah. I mean, to, to help build the temple, you know, which is a person, yeah. not, not an organizational structure. Sure. That's what I've called you to do is to equip. And he said, stop building my church and I will build my church. Yes. He said, the reason I call it my church is because there's a bunch of others out there that other people have built. Remember not the former things nor even consider the things of old, the old I do a new thing. You keep trying to overlay the past and what you know on what I'm telling you to do. And it keeps looking the exact same thing. That's why it's taking so long. Yeah. You keep overlaying the past on what I'm telling you to do. And so he said, remember not the former things, nor even consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing. And then uh, took me directly over to what Paul said is uh, this one thing I do, yeah. uh, which I guess he didn't do much else beside that one thing. Right. But forgetting those things which are behind, you know, I press forward to the prize of the mark and the high calling in Christ Jesus. Yeah. So uh, even Paul had to forget not not just the failures, but forget the successes, forget forget everything, because they who are sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. I mean, yeah. you're led by the Spirit of God, which gives life. Yes. Um, and that's what we want to give people is that life. We were sent just like Christ, that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Not not a list of principles, not a not ideas, not a vision, not a purpose. I've come that you might have life in that more abundant way. So as a son of God, I'm sent for that same reason that people might have life. Yeah. So anyway. That's the interesting thing to me is that, you know, in, in the book of Acts, as, as the church is launched supernaturally, uh, there's no formula that is actually indicated there. They, it just says they did this. And, or they did that and that happened, but they don't give us a formula. And I, I really believe that it was so that we wouldn't try and franchise it, that we wouldn't try and build it and put it in a stereotypical box and say, this is the way it's got to be done. You know, is that right. we, we need to be finding what the Spirit of God is saying to, to us and, and then implementing what he shows us, the blueprint he shows us. I mean, there's an overall purpose. There's an overall, there's an overall blueprint um, of, right. of how the kingdom is being built by the king himself. Um, and, you know, there are certain elements, which is what we're talking about, and, and certain mindsets, etc., that we need to have. But the, the fact of the matter is, is it, it didn't say, okay, this is now you're going to build the church in the book of Acts, and it's, Step one, step two, step three, step four. There was no steps to it. It just, this is what they did. You know, they were all together having meals, praising God, you know, abiding in the apostles' doctrine. It doesn't tell us how they did that, but I really believe we need to search out God and to find it. But principally, I, I hear what you're saying is principally we need to, we need to build according to his pattern. And, and, and 
Well, right. not, not right. building him building, and we cooperating with 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 how he is doing it. You know, right. If we realize that that all we are is a tool or a function in his hand, we we have a tendency to make apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, titles or positions or whatever. For some reason, uh, we've taken that totally out of context uh, where it says that he sets uh, first in the church, first apostles, secondly prophets, thirdly teachers after that. Um, basically, basically, that's not a hierarchy that he's setting up. It's a, it's a, a thing that he's doing first as far as uh, a primarily, I'm putting this in your life as a first thing to lay a foundation. If you just think about what an apostle does, he, he sets a foundation. He's a foundation layer. A prophet, if you think about what a prophet does, he tears down, roots out, plucks up, and destroys, and then builds and plants, according to Jeremiah. Yes. Uh, if, if that's the case, then if you look at a building, how it's built, you've got apostles that, that come in with kind of an overall view or a, a, a picture or a design or a, a pattern and uh, sets in order those things which are wanting, coming, and lacking behind, as Paul said. And then, then the got these prophets to come in and tear out all the old foundations or the old buildings that have been built and the old whatever, tear, take away all the stones and the wood, hay, and the stubble and everything else that's in the way, and then begins to lay something new in our lives. And then you got the teacher that begins to build upon those things. Um, the, the problem is we've done it so backwards because it says, I said in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that, miracles, uh, gifts of healing, uh, tongues of prayer. I mean, you know, goes down the line. And finally, the last thing that he mentions is governments. Yes. It's funny because the last thing he sets is governments. The first thing that we want to do is say, okay, we've got, we've got to set the governments of the kingdom of God. So we go in and we set apostles and prophets or set these titles in. And it's, if, if the governments are the last things set are apostles, prophets, and teachers, and whatever, governments. Yeah. Not, acor- not according to that, it's not. Yeah. The purpose, the purpose for it in Ephesians talks about it, uh, that my whole purpose, if I'm, if I'm one of those tools that God reached into his toolbox and grabbed uh, for the sake of working on your life, is till we all come to the fullness and stature of Christ. It's not to try to build some organizational structure. Exactly. It's to take that. It's to take that person, to take that temple of the living God, and to bring them into fullness and stature of Christ. Now, if I laid down my life, so you can live till you come to the fullness and stature of Christ, I've done my job. Yeah, exactly. But very rarely do we do that. We we try to get people to follow our vision and our ministry and our whatever else and. Uh, we set ourselves up in a place then that it becomes basically our church again. And, and uh, I'm only saying this because, you know, I've repeated this how many times over the last 30 years, uh, trying to, um, in my attempt uh, to, to learn how to find, you know, out how to build for him. But I keep, I keep overlaying what I already know on what he's telling me to do, and I keep establishing the same thing. And it makes me upset, so I shut it down, or I go do something else, and I say, no, this isn't quite it. The taste of it, it tastes the same as the old, and I, I don't want it to continue to taste that same thing. I want to build you. I want to build, I want to build 
help build you and equip you till you come. Could you imagine if we just took one person and equipped them till they came to the fullness and stature of the Messiah, for crying out loud? Yep. Christ? <clears throat> yep. I mean, that, that would be well worth anything as opposed to taking a group of 5,000. I mean, let's, let's at least find one or two that we can help bring to the fullness. But have, do we feel qualified for that? No, we really don't. I mean, how do you, how do you bring somebody to the fullness and stature of Christ? And basically, you have to go back to being led by the Spirit of God. You don't touch that vessel. You don't touch his bride. You find out what he's doing to her, and you help bring her to him. And you help her hear his voice, yes. whether it's a her or him at this point. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But you you bring her to the point where she's able to hear his voice and another she will not follow. Yes. And that's uh, that's the calling, whether we like it or not. Yeah. Um, but we keep twisting it because of, like you said earlier, you know, all the stuff we've learned and everything. And then we just keep building the same way. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. <clears throat> I mean, I, I was just looking here in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, and uh, Paul says in verse 10, according to the remarkable grace of God, which was given to me to prepare me for the task, like a skillful master builder, I've laid a foundation, and now another is building on it. But right. one must be careful how he builds on it, for no one can lay a foundation other than the one which is already laid, which is Jesus Christ. So, um, there's a lot of implication in there, but you know, that's the foundation is Jesus and him being the cornerstone. So he's the right. of the pattern. And then verse 12, but if anyone builds on right. the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will be clearly shown for what it is for the day of judgment will disclose it because it is to be revealed with fire and the fire will test the quality and character and worth of each person's work. And then I, verse 14 is like a real admonition. It says, if any person's work which is built on this foundation, that is any outcome of his effort, remains and survives this test, he will receive a reward. But if anyone's work is burned up by the test, he will suffer the loss of his reward, yet he himself will be saved, but only as one who has barely escaped through fire. Verse 16, do you not know and understand that you, the church, are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells permanently in you? If anyone destroys, and another, the Greek actually says corrupts. If anyone destroys or corrupts right. the temple of God, corrupting it with false doctrine or, or anything that's not Christ will destroy, God will destroy the destroyer for the temple of God is holy, sacred, and that is what you are. Uh, you know, and so the builders have to be careful. That's what he's saying is if the, the foundation as, right. as the apostles and prophets lay the foundation, the, whoever builds on that foundation better be building accurate to Christ Jesus and him being the pattern right. of, of that building. And I think that's where we need to find the pattern is, is like if we, if, we, if we are builders, then we need to be building accurately. And if we, because if we're corrupting it, if we're destroying the temple of God, man, there's there's an indictment in that for us. In that God will destroy the destroyer. We right. will be saved, but only as one barely escaping through fire. I mean, that's pretty serious for the builders. Right. I've heard people 
use the scripture for tithing. I mean, of all things, can you believe it? But, you know, this scripture really <laughs> is really speaks, um, you know, really clearly about the, the house that, that is being built is that, is that the foundation is there, the pattern is there, Jesus Christ is the pattern, and, and now anyone who builds on that foundation must, must make sure they're building correctly. Right. And once again, the word building there, um, it's building the temple. That's what that whole, the context of that's about. Yes, temple building the person. You are. Yes. So, yeah, the person. And so if I defile you, yes. him will God destroy. Not, 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 the, not the temple. He's going to destroy this guy who keeps defiling that temple yeah. because the pattern, the pattern that I'm building is Christ. I mean, if, if, I'm, if I'm building you, if I'm equipping you, if I'm um, Christ is that, that's why I'm supposed to be training you up till you come to the fullness and stature exactly of Christ. Right. That is the pattern. That is the, uh, it's not, it's not trying to build this corporation or this structure, this bigger structure picture as, uh, as, as you know, finding out whatever his pattern is. Yeah. It's not, it's not a matter of taking whatever pattern it is he has and trying to build the church again. It's a matter of taking the pattern of Christ, him, himself, Yes. This is a pattern I have and, and putting it against, not against you, but building on you according to what Christ is or who he is. Yes. And so to bring, to bring you into that same image, into that same stature, into that same purpose, because a lot of people run around trying to find their purpose yeah. and, and you, you cannot find your purpose. You will be found in him. That is your purpose. Once you find him, you find his purpose, then you found yours. I mean, you'll be about your father's business at that point. Mm-hmm. But, but trying to find our purpose and running around trying to find my anointing and my purpose and my gift and my whatever, or crying out loud, the whole thing that we've been trying to teach people once again is what is your identity? Now, now all this thing has come full circle. Now we're back to your identity? No, it's Christ. That's your identity. I mean, find out who Christ is. Get get that so deep in you, because your life is hid in Christ and God. So, with Christ and God. So, if that's the case, your identity is in Him, to be found in Him. Yeah. It's not. It's not. You don't have some other identity. Well, what's your what's your identity on the earth? Well, I'm a I'm a teacher. Well, every time somebody clicks your button, you're going to try to teach, yes. and uh, because that's who you believe you are. If you're a son of the living God, every time every time you're pulled out of the box, you only do what the what you see your father doing. You only say what you hear him saying. Yeah. Jesus Christ Himself said, "I've received commandment both what to speak and what to say," which literally means I've not only received the words to say, but I've also received when to say it or how to say it or the the emphasis in saying it. Yeah. So it's not it's not a matter of just sitting there and trying to find a three point message and drive it home to people. It's a matter of what is the spirit of life, the law that we live by, basically the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. What can I do? 
to bring life into that situation right now, to speak life into this person once again. Yes. So. No, that's that's what you know, bringing that's the, that's bringing transformation into into every situation we find ourselves. But you touched on something that's really good is that you know the foundation being Christ and and this one thing one that, thing that was really good. <laughs> the, the, this is is that uh, God didn't send Jesus to establish a religion. He didn't send him to establish an organization right. or an institution. He didn't, he didn't come to build and establish a religion. He came to establish a relationship. And he came not as a prophet or as a priest, but he came That's as good. a son. And so immediately we know that the path right. is, is his sonship right through his walk on the earth was sonship. And what he mentored the disciples in was to be sons of their father. That's really because he introduced the concept, which was right. foreign to the institution of the day, the Judaism institution, uh, was that you, you've got to relate to God as a father, not, not, as, not as a religious entity out there somewhere. And they couldn't conceive right. this. They, they, they could not deal with this. And Jesus worked with his disciples constantly with that concept in mind, because they could not walk this uh, assignment out without knowing that they were sons built on the same pattern as Jesus. I mean, that's that right. is the foundation pattern, and and uh, we we I think you know talking about apostolic ministry. I, I think one of the one of the primary one of the primary uh, let's say priorities or functions or you know one of the things one of the things that apostles really do is to measure because he talks about being a master builder that the, the word there's architecton which actually right. means architect or those that that right. because that's what architects do they go onto the building site and they look to see if if the builders are building according to the pattern of the blueprint that was given to them. Are they building, have they laid the right foundation right. deep enough? Is it going high? You know, are they building up based upon the foundation? If they don't build the foundation, that's when the whole building collapses. If the foundation is wrong, if the building is not built according, you know, if they decide, no, well, we, the foundation is here, but we're going to add something to it on the side that's not on the foundation, you know, we're going to change the pattern a little bit, then the whole thing is corrupt and so but the the pattern the pattern is the sonship of jesus he he said he is the pattern that's the foundation and apostles come in and measure the building to the pattern according to the blueprint right. that that he has given you know and so uh, that was something that i would that's why i said there, there's a lot more in here than than uh, a little bit more right. indicated in that but because he, I was, I'm just looking here in Ephesians chapter four, and he says, "Until we all reach the oneness in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, growing spiritually to become mature believers, reaching to the measure of the fullness of Christ, manifesting His spiritual completeness, and exercising our spiritual gifts in unity." And so we're growing up into the measure of who He is, and that is the important thing. Right. If that's the case. Okay, which it is. Jesus Christ is 
our pattern and how he did it is our pattern. Uh, how he built on these 12 men, how he built wherever it is he went. Um, we have this thing out in the world right now. Uh, it's been, been out there for quite a while as far as, as, far as apostolic fathers, uh, prophetic fathers, uh, just fathers in the faith, which, you know, I, I understand where they're coming from. Elijah, Elisha, Paul, Timothy, the faithful men, uh, blah, blah, blah. You know, all that sort of stuff that I've heard. However, once again, um, if, if, if you are my spiritual son, for instance, and I go and I, we're going someplace together and I introduce you, this is my spiritual son, Tom, us, Tom, whatever your name is, John, <laughs> this is my spiritual son. Um, what does that do to you in those people's eyes? And what does it do to me Yeah, in those people's eyes? Well, the the perspective. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the main thing is, is we have all this thing where we've got these spiritual fathers, we got spiritual sons, we got this, we got the other thing. Uh, and it says we end up making twice the sons of hell that we are Easy. the Christ as the, as the pattern never did say, Luke, I am your father. <laughs> yeah. like Star Wars. Anyway, he, he never did say, he never did say that. He said, I'm going to show you the father. The reason he showed them the father, how he showed, he was the exact replication of kind. In fact, it says that, that he was the express image of the father. The word express image is one Greek word, uh, which is C-H-A-R-A-K-T-E-R, the character. Yes. He was the, ex he was the express image. He was the character. He was the nature of the father. I'm going to show you the father by being a son and showing you how the father works. Yeah. I'm going to show you how to do this on the earth. Yeah. He didn't, he never did call himself the son of God. He always called himself the son of man as a representation of kind saying, I'm doing this. And once I go to the father, now you can do exactly the same thing. And the same way I did it, right? Because now the things that I did and even greater things than these shall you do, because I go to the father. But I want you to remember that I'm showing you the Father. I'm showing you by pattern and by by express image of who He is. And so, you know, don't don't keep trying to. I guess these hierarchical things I can't usurp. I've had a lot of people say uh, you got to go and make these have these guys make a decision whether or not that you're you're their spiritual father. And I said no, I can't. They only have one spiritual father. Yes. I'm not going to have them call me father or their spiritual father. Yes. They have one. Yes. I don't, I don't need to usurp his place or even by title or by, why would I want a title like that? Why would I even say that? Paul didn't even, Paul said something directly to Timothy. He said, you are my, my technion. Uh, you are my son in the faith. The word technion means one is produced by a seed as plain and simple as it is. Your, your one is produced by a seed that God has given me to place in you. Um, you know, it's maybe we're, I'm getting into something else here, but he says, I'm going to circumcise your heart. Yeah. The, 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 the whole thing about circumcision was to, it, not only was it uh, replicating the covenant that God was making it, but he's saying, I'm going to now circumcise your heart. It's not of the flesh, but the circumcision of the flesh was to cut off that foreskin or the outer skin so that when the word, the word seed is the word sperma, yes. 
So when that seed, when the sperma of God comes forth out of your heart, when the sperma comes forth, it doesn't touch any flesh. And that's why I said I want to circumcise your heart. So that when that sperma of God comes forth, it touches no flesh. There's nothing that can defile that thing. And it will come forth and it will reproduce after his likeness and image. And even though it says, Paul says, I'm going to not only impart to you the spirit of God, but my own spirit also, or my own, you know, my own soul also, he says, uh, yeah, there are some things that I'm going to, you know, I'm a, just because I'm, I'm out there and I'm doing things and yeah, you're going to try to emulate or copy the things that I do because, you know, I'm the one who basically taught you in some different areas. But the objective is to bring forth that in a purity, that pure word of God, that pure seed of God, that, that sperma of God, so that reproduces after his likeness and image and not mine in your life. Yes. Yeah, exactly. But you know, that's, that's the thing is, we we've sort of i i don't know it, it's crazy stuff you know last night i was talking about um, or the night before would be now the night before this this uh, product or not this production of this podcast <laughs> is that i was talking about the fact that <laughs> how dysfunctional it's become in that in that We've we've set ourselves up in in the leadership realm as as with titles and positions. The very thing Jesus warned against Pharisaism in Matthew twenty three. He said, "You are not to do it that way." You know, they t- set themselves in the seat of right, right. And he said, "So you you have to obey the law. So obey them, but don't do as they do, because they're looking for the acknowledgement, the you know, the honor, and by titles. And one of the things he said was, they call it, you know, you don't be called father because you only have only one father. And I think the whole concept. I mean, you know, but right. we we believe in in there being fathers in the in 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 the house. They 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 have to be." Uh, you know, um, 1 John chapter 2, John speaks about, he said, I write to you children, I write to you young men, and I write to you to you fathers. And the implication right. there is moms and dads or mature parents kind of thing. And we need right. a generational flow in the body of Christ as, as, as the kingdom comes, as the rule of God comes, because they are nurturing. But the thing about, about any leader and and any of us, any of us, it doesn't matter where you are and what what function and role you have, is that you are representing the Father in everything that you do, like Jesus did. And so, as the right, pattern, right. as the pattern son, he's always, and that Hebrews chapter one says he he is the representation, the the, the perfect representation and the perfect um, rep, uh, uh, reflection of. The Father, and and that's what we should be doing is we growing up in that pattern of of Christ Jesus as a Son to reflect and uh, represent our Father in what we say and in what we do in everything that we say and do. But it seems like this whole thing got a little wacky somewhere along the line, and and um, and and a whole papal mentality came into it where. Where some people are are now um, right. archbishops and bishops and and popes, you know, we've got the whole range going on here in, in the church right now. Right. Yeah, that's true. 
And it is, it is that title thing. Uh, for some reason or other, we seek that, um, we seek that place of, of honor. We seek that chief place among them. Uh, even I, I remember we were talking um, a while back with a group of guys about elders uh, in the church. And they said, well, there's got to be a chief elder. And I said, well, it doesn't say that. It says that there were chief elders in the, in the uh, Judaism, but it, it doesn't say that as far as the way Christ says, I want you to ordain elders in every church in every city. He doesn't say that there's a, there's a chief one yeah. in that particular setting. Yeah. And uh, the, 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 the problem is, once again, we're setting up a king. And um, I remember at, at one point in time, we, we were running around trying to ordain elders everywhere. And, and once we were ordaining elders, uh, we, would, we would ordain one chief guy, and one set man, we called him. And then we'd, we'd place a man on his right hand and on his left because Jesus says, hey, when you come, or the disciples said, Jesus, when you come into your kingdom, uh, you know, who's going to be on your right, on your left, showing that there was a place uh, on the right and left in the kingdom. And I said, yeah, but that's not, that's when Christ comes into his kingdom. There's somebody on his right and on his left, not, uh, and whenever we set up a king, whenever there is a king in a kingdom, we set up a man on his right and on his left. All we're doing is reestablishing kings everywhere. Yes. And, you know, we don't want, we don't want to, we don't want another kingship. God give us a king like all other nations. We don't want to do that again. We want to. We want to give them King Jesus. We want him to be the head of the church. We want him, you know, the buck stops here at Christ, not, not the buck stops with this guy. You know, ultimately he's the one with the vision that makes all the decisions and stuff. And that's, that's basically what, when he told me that you built your own and not mine, the whole thing was Steve centric. The whole thing was my vision centric, my purpose centric, my, it all centered around who I was as the pastor or whatever it was of that particular church. And it had nothing to do at that point. I thought it did had everything to do with Christ, but honestly it didn't. It was my church. And, uh, everything was channeled through me. Everything was, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a plurality of, of, um, elders as it talks about, you know, ordaining elders because and elders, a group of elders are going to find out what Christ the head is saying. And you're not going to see some man in preeminence or the head of it. You're going to see, you're going to see Christ the head or the, the, um, the chief. Um, I remember, I remember I used to like, <laughs> oh, man, this is so sad. <laughs> I had, we, we had this big sign made uh, for the name of our uh, particular fellowship. And uh, that, below at the very bottom uh, and it was carved i mean it's beautifully carved in this huge piece of wood and it said senior pastor <laughs> steve Bissett." and uh you know i was really proud of that sign um but when he began showing me this stuff he said um the chief shepherd and bishop of our souls he says i am the only chief shepherd that there is That's which right. means senior pastor that's right so if he is the senior pastor, what in the world am I doing saying that I'm the senior pastor? Well, it is my church. Yeah. It really was. Yeah. Well, that's so, it. So, was he the chief? That's, that's what wears you out because now you are taking his place instead of, of, um, right. instead of, of, of placing yourself, arranging yourself 
under his headship. Right, right. And really, you do. You get worn out doing that. Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And it builds all skews. So we're dealing with all these problems that, that, that arises out of that whole concept. In fact, I was looking, you know, um, pastor is mentioned once. Shepherd is mentioned right. um, in the whole New, New Testament. Shepherd is mentioned like seven times. And most of the time it's referring to him being the chief shepherd. Most of the time. Right. So, because so, I was talking about the, you know, the fivefold ministry, <laughs> fivefold ministry gifts. And again, you know, this whole thing is wacky um, because I, I went to this, um, I went to this uh, pastor's conference many years ago and I was still a senior pastor. And, um, but God had already begun dealing with my heart about these things. And I went then and all the pastors were giving me their cards with pastor do dad and pastor do do. <laughs> and, um, and, and I, you know, I'm getting all these cards and of course at that point in time, I'd already thrown out the titles and, and, and everything. And, right. and the, the one guy gets up and he starts preaching and ministering to the pastors. And he says, if anybody calls themselves an apostle, they're not. And I looked at all the business cards. I'm thinking, but what about these guys? You know, they're all calling themselves pastors. Yeah. That mean they're not as well. He's like, who, where do you right. put a line in this thing? So the pastor becomes king. The fact of the matter is, I think what right. we do is we disempower the people of you know the the real right, temple, right. we disempower the real temple that needs to be built by becoming because you know the Bible tells us clearly that in in God's kingdom we're all kings and priests unto our God. But what we're doing is we're elevating some people into a superior place and making them king that conquers all other right. kings. And there's only one king that conquers all, and that's Christ Jesus. Right. And in fact, I was thinking, yeah, this, you know, yeah, sorry. Go. No, oh, you were going. That's fine. I, yeah, I, just, I was, was just, interrupting. Very no, gracious. I was just thinking of one more thing is, is that is that Paul and uh, uh, Peter and John, actually Paul and Silas, they they're at um, they, they pray for that that uh, that one guy and he gets healed, and the whole temp the, the the whole all the heathen you know run down to them and start trying to call them Zeus and and something else. Um, I don't know, you know, the God of thunder, or right? The story is in and make them because they saw them as gods and Paul and Silas like tearing their clothes and going, we're not gods, man. We are just representing, you know, and, and Peter and John did the same thing when all the people got around them and say, you know, you and they're going that it's not us. It's Jesus, you know, and in his faith, right. his name is healed this man. And I think today we, you know, Somehow we, we actually begin to love the concept of that we are actually gods. We would never say that, but we love the idea that we're right. exalted in the eyes of people, you know, and, and we, we need to right. sober mind about ourselves again and humble ourselves before God and say, you know what is is like Peter says, I, I who am a fellow elder, we need to get back to the right. ground level and say, you know, even though Peter was like, the guy that Jesus yeah, to everything in the book of Acts, we still need to come back down to that. It's, it's about, it's about, we are brothers. There's no one exalted above. Right. Them. You, know? You, you know what the, I, I know, you know, this, the word Nicolaitan, uh, Nicolaitan comes from two different basic words. Uh, the word Nike or N I K E, mm. uh, which means to oppress by force and domination. 
yeah. or to dominate by oppression and force, <laughs> whichever, whichever yeah. way you want to put it. Um, laetin, the word for laity means the common folk. Yes. So now you have this, you have this idea or this concept or this doctrine that there's the common folk and then there's me. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's us. Yes. You know, uh, now we have this special group. Um, e even in an eldership, you can do that. You know, we have this special group, and then there's the common folk. Yes. Um, and it says uh, there are only a few things that Scripture says that God hates, and one of them is the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Yeah. Uh, and one well, of the other ones, the deeds of the Nicolaitans. And I'm going, this is amazing to me that he hates this. I mean, he hates that oppression of, quote, the common folk. No, they are saints of the living God. Exactly. They're the ones that are to be brought up in the fullness and stature of Christ, right. Right. not you exalted to a place. Yes, exactly. Well, that's what we've done is we've glorified the, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher way above everybody else. In, in fact, it's just a gift to equip the saints. That's it. It's a man right. that's a portion freely grace right a gift to the body of christ to equip them so that they fit into christ the measure that's it nothing more right nothing more than that you know and yet we've we've been right. exalted and made kings out of out of people made gods and the problem is is that men love to be worshipped so so they take it right, right. we need to you know we, we we must stop running to the guys with the white suits white shoes and white bible you know we've got to stop running to those guys and thinking that they are the right. answer to everything. We need to find Christ, you know, and find Christ in the midst of, of each other because we're all kings and right. from God, you know? Right. Yeah, wow. and the, the, the I, I was talking with a, a guy the other day, and, and uh, I was we were uh, mentioning a, a certain person that we both know, and, and he says, you know, uh, when I get around him, I feel... Um, I feel that over under thing. Mm. He says it's a, a he said it's a posture that that person takes every time he's around me or even talks to me. Yes. And I said, boy, I, I hope I don't bring that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hope I don't make people feel that way. And he says, he said, you used to. Wow. He said, I don't feel that right now. Yes. But he's it's it, it's a posture. It's a it's an idea. It's a it's an attitude that you begin to have of that, of that, uh, well, Nicolaitan. I mean, yes. I'm, I'm in this position, but you're down here. You're just common. Yes. And it's that whole, it's that whole thing of, I, if we realize that we're a simple tool yes. as a son of God, I'm a simple tool. Yes. And I know I've been called a tool many times before, yes. but you know, I'm a simple tool in his, in his, Worksman, he's the he's the workman. He's the work master builder. Right. Even though right. I'm also a builder, yeah. I, I'm I'm only building as he builds. But he reaches in that box, he grabs out this tool. What glory does the tool get once the temple or once the building's built? None. Yeah, it's the master builder that gets the glory. Yes. If I'm a tool in his toolbox, why am I even expecting any glory or any recognition? I'm a tool for crying out loud. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly, Ryan. And, and that, of course, but you see, religion will fight for their position and their places. 
and their titles. They will fight for those things. They refuse transformation, the the essential transformation that is required to come to this because if, and that's what, that's what, what the, the Jews were fighting with Jesus about was, was he came and challenged that whole institutionalized thinking and they hated right. him for it. They were jealous because that's what he did. He would go and sit in amongst a bunch of people that were scam artists and, and uh, deviants from society, have dinner with them all day. And, and, you know, they were going to his disciples, hey, how can the master, your master, sit with, with all these sinners, you know? And the whole concept right. was people are below them. You know, he should be, and, and that's exactly what Jesus did. And that's why he didn't choose his disciples from amongst them because he knew their thinking was right. so entrenched in what they what they were doing that they could never grasp the concept of the kingdom of God. You know, they could not do it. And so we, you know, I pray really the transformation today in our time, in our generation is exactly that is what we are talking about is that, you know, the, the arrogant and pretentiousness that we seeing in so many areas. And I'm not saying everybody, I think a lot of leaders are sincere. They just have been shown you know, sincerely, wrongly, the wrong model that that right. church is the temple of God, and and that the kingdom of God um, is based upon the power that comes flowing from Him being the pattern of all things. I mean, that's that's just right. the bottom line of it. You know, so Mark, you know my my whole my whole theme now out of out of all this that that I think the Lord has taught me is just. Uh, something that Paul said, and uh, I don't remember where it's at. I think it's in Galatians, but anyway, it's somewhere in the Bible between the introduction and the math. So uh, he just said, we are fools for Christ's sake. Yeah. And I think that's my theme now. I'm just a <laughs> fool for Christ's sake. <laughs> oh, that's, that's just the bottom line is like, well, I think, I think Steve, the older we get, the more we realize how much we, we actually don't know and how much we we want to still be transformed into his likeness and conformed into his image, you know? So, so right, I think right. That's exactly right. And, and, you know, just to sort of give a plug here, because that's exactly why, you know, a few years ago I started the whole kingdom leadership equipping um, brand, if you may, or, or thrust is because I just began to look at after God put me, set me down in England for eight years and just began to reveal to me, the leadership experiences I'd been through because all the disappointments in my life, all the, all the, the hurt and, and all the things that have happened has been leadership issues really. And, and, um, right. and as I sat down there and I was like really in a wilderness and, and Jesus just began to unfold by the word and by the spirit of God, you know, the, the principles of, of leadership of kingdom leadership specifically, and Jesus being the ultimate example you know, the ultimate model of what leadership is about and, um, unfolding the principles to me of what was done wrong, what I had done wrong for many years as a, as a right, senior right. pastor and, and how I built wrongly and how I didn't view the, 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 the people of God as the real temple of God that needs to be built. And, and even when I sort of gave um, uh, verbal sort of recognition to it, you know, I still didn't have it in my, 
in my in the spirit of my mind in, right. to really bring transformation in that to be area. able to reproduce it exactly and so it was it was a concept that sort of floated around but wasn't really part of who I am you know and uh, and so the eight years God just began to unpack it unpack it in my life and and unfolded and and so I, in the midst of that I started the the Facebook group Kingdom Leadership Equipping and I thought you know if I can just if I can just inspire and sow a seed into just a few people's lives, just a few people, and and being that that most of the most of the members of that group are from Africa, and and Africa takes what America produces and reproduces it in in a bigger, larger, faster, more powerful way, you know. And so, uh, right. If I could just inspire a few people to begin to think differently and begin to lead differently, then then we, we can change nations and transform nations with just a seed, you know? And and uh, so that was where it began. And then we went to, then I went to the um, the podcasting beginning of this year, I think sometime, and uh, and just to begin to get the message out and get people like yourself and interview and, and people that others don't even recognize or hear about and get them to start voicing the message that God has put in their heart about, you know, what this generation needs to know about, about lead, about kingdom leadership. And, and again, it's not just about those in positions and titles and overseeing huge organizations and things. It's for every person. We are all Kings and priests unto our God in the kingdom of God. And so learning to know our leadership, where we are, um, what does that mean? You know, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a right. nice term, but, but, you know, really what does that mean? So, yeah, so that's the whole, the whole, you know, purpose to, to this, to, to the podcast KLE and to um, the whole brand. There's you can also get um, my um, website. I'm trying to think of the name. And the website is kingdom leadership equipping. <laughs> and there's a blog on there and some things, uh, um, that would be interesting for you to have a look at there if you are um, listening and you'd like to pop around and have a look at the website as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, awesome, good stuff. I'm all fired up. It was a great um, a great hour and a bit. And uh, thank you, Steve, for, for your input again. And uh, I, look forward to, um, I look forward to next week. Well, thank you for putting up with me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Always, brother. <laughs> I've had to put up with you for years. <laughs> I know. You know, I'm very happy for you, Sean. I'm very happy for you. You've been set down for eight years. It made me feel almost depressed, though, because I've, I've been sitting down now for 30. So I'm very pleased for you. <laughs> I'm very happy. I'm very happy. <laughs> Well, yeah, well, that's the thing is, that's the thing is, we, we, hey, listen, you know, uh, Moses spent 40 years in, in learning the political system of Egypt, and then he spends 40 oh, years, help us. he learns 40 years learning, learning how to, how to govern a few sheep, you know? <laughs> yeah. Before, before thanks, began, thanks, that gives me lots of hope. Yeah, exactly. So, hey, it's like you're not over yet, that burning bush is on its way. That's right. <laughs> that's right i've only got a decade to go that's fine thank you appreciate it i'm a lot happier now i'm glad i called <laughs> do, you, do you feel better about yourself <laughs> i feel much, much better thank you <laughs> you are so welcome <laughs>
BlizzCon. Oh, well. Steve, yeah. have a super, super weekend. Right. Love you lots, brother. And uh, thanks for being with us. And we'll talk again next week. All right. We'll catch you later. All Bye-bye. right. Cheers.